This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial. Your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. It's around the dial, the best in sports talk for Wednesday, January the 23rd. I'm your host, D.A. The story today is Cooperstown's vote, the Baseball Hall of Fame vote, because we had our first ever unanimous entrant. That would be Mariano Rivera. First year on the ballot and got every single vote. This is the first time it's ever happened. Include Babe Ruth, Cy Young, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Mickey Mantle, Tom Seaver, Nolan Ryan, we have never had an all-time unanimous vote until now. So this has caused a lot of questions like, did Mariano deserve to be the first ever unanimous? And what changed now about the electorate in the process? Let's start with 97.3 The Fan in Pittsburgh at the Cook and Pony Show because Ron Cook is a Hall of Fame voter. and He takes us through what is different now about voting for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Other Hall of Fame voters in this area, it would be you. I'm guessing it's still Smizek. It would be Joe Rudder, John Parado. Anybody else come to mind? I don't know. I, I, don't, no? I, I don't know. I don't keep track of who gets votes, who doesn't. I think you have to be in the writers 10 years to get the vote. To I wonder if member. Paul Meyer still has uh, Again, I don't know if they cut those guys out or not. Herzl. Another guy that was around the Paul Meyer time. was unbelievable, was he not? I he, remember walking into McClendon's office and it was like a bar. Ron, <laughs> it was it was a cloud of smoke. I'm Smoking. like, what, yeah, what that is was, this? That was bad. Oh, you should have saw him with Leland. Uh, when Leland smoked, too. You couldn't even see in there. You had to cut the way through the smoke. His office should have just been so an So I don't know the list of who votes. And, and okay. Now, on this year's ballot, I think it was last year, too, they started uh, They have a thing at the bottom. Do you want your ballot to be made public? You could either check yes or no. I check yes. Now I'll probably get some crap. Good for, for you. For only yeah. They I'll, should I'm, be. I'm they should manda- about it should be mandatory that they're that they're public. Yeah, because I'd like to see who doesn't vote for Rivera. Yes, if that happens, or who didn't vote for Tom Seaver. I'm still curious so, who didn't vote for Willie freaking Mays. Uh, I checked yes, so I'll probably get some crap for only voting for one guy. Um, and I, when I see other guys. Vote for 10. That's their right. I just look at it my way. Um, So Edgar Martinez is in his 10th year on the ballot. He got 70.4% of the votes last year. Came that close. I think it was like 20 votes. So people feel sympathy. Okay, he's close. Uh, Maybe I didn't vote for him last year. I'm going to vote for him this year. I never voted for him. He's a DH. Now I'm going to have to have a real serious talk with myself. I'm going to have to say, self- uh, what about David Ortiz? He was a uh, designated mm. hitter. He got a lot more big hits that I remember than Edgar Martinez. So I'll have he's not up yet. So I think Martinez is going to make it because he came so close. 
Mike Messina is the other guy. I don't look at him as a Hall of Fame pitcher. Uh, I, I just don't. He's in his sixth year on the ballot. I just don't get, if you don't vote for somebody one year, how you can vote for him the next. I don't get that. So I voted for uh, Mariano Rivera because he was just unbelievable at his craft. But, again, my bottom line is if I have to really think about it, I'm not going to give you my vote. Aha! Making ballots public. This will become a theme through this episode of Around the Dial. They have a thing at the bottom. Do you want your ballot to be made public? You could either check yes or no. I check yes. Now that ballots are public and now that people can publicly shame your votes, nobody wanted to be the guy that said no Mariano in the Hall of Fame this year. Let's dig deeper into this. Bob Nightingale, a longtime baseball writer, a Hall of Fame voter, talked about this new dynamic on 93.7 The Fan in San Diego with Gwyn and Chris. What's more surprising, that Rivera got the 100% or that Mussina snuck in there as a fourth guy? I think Mussina. I, I thought, you know, yeah, it's a crowded ballot. I bet he falls just a little short instead of just barely climbing over. So I thought he might have to wait one more year. And on the conference call, he thought the same thing. So, I mean, a little surprised with Rivera because I figured one or two people might hold the whole uh, closers designation, you know, against him. I mean, they held, they held against Trevor Hoffman. You know, Trevor took about four ballots. So I thought I thought he missed by a couple of votes. Uh, so it wasn't a shocking thing. I, I, I thought, you know, if he doesn't get 100% Jeter will, that should be back-to-back 100% guys. Bob, what changed uh, in regards to the 100% thing? Because, I mean, we've seen guys like King Griffey Jr. going, clearly Willie Mays. I mean, there's been a lot of guys that I think a lot of people feel like should have been 100%. What was it about Mariano Rivera that got him to that 100%? Well, I think just the, uh, you know, considered the greatest closer, uh, a, a Yankee, the five World Series, and just such a class act. I mean, he was, as, you know, Nice and jump as you find. I mean, you know, you know him and him and your dad are you know two, two, two of the greatest guys that have been around. Your, your dad a lot more obviously because they covered the Padres. Yeah. But the uh, and I think too with the uh, people revealing their ballots, uh, you know, with the Baseball Writers Association saying you know publicly declare. So I think nobody wanted to be outed and mm, you know, there and, it is and have it turn out like okay I didn't vote for him. And then have the whole Twitter universe, you know, <laughs> Twitter can be <laughs> brutal sometimes, Bob. We know that. So Twitter's what oh, finally well, did it. Yeah. Because honestly, I both Tony and I said earlier that we felt a little bit, I felt a little bad, not bad, what did I say? Just that I didn't feel like it was right that Rivera got to be the guy with 100% because there's so many guys before him that deserved 100%. But you're right, Bob. I mean, in this day of social media, I think that's what pushed it over the top. Yeah, I really believe that. You know, I mean, what was a Babe Ruth like that 24 votes short, you know? Right. Man, old Mays, you know, Hank Aaron, you know, go on and on. You know, even, you know, uh, you know, the great Tony Gwynn, Cal Ripken class, you know, that, that sort of thing. So what was what's strange is that uh, Goose Gotches, you know, he had the second most votes for a closer percentage-wise. That was 85%. But to see some a huge gap like that, yeah, uh, you know, and I, I still don't understand why – 
100% of people that vote for Mariano. You know, why, why weren't they voting in Trevor the first year? Those, those stats between the two aren't that much different. So there you have it. The public embarrassment, the humiliation of being torched on Twitter for being the only guy or one of the only guys to not vote Mariano in is what changed. I think also what changed is that they lopped off the older voters, maybe the guys that were still stuck in a time where nobody deserved to get in on the first ballot, which is probably good, modernizing and making sure that the people that vote in these things are up to speed and up to date and also in locker rooms every day and constantly covering teams instead of flying in for a game or two a season or only covering it from their couch or their living room or not having been around the game in 20 years and still having a Hall of Fame vote. So this is all good. It's all progress, but it also means it's a little uncomfortable that Mariano, who's clearly not the greatest baseball player ever, is now just the first who is unanimous. And I've got to say the first because I can't imagine it's the last. Derek Jeter's coming up. And there's no way anybody's going to say that Jeter is not a Hall of Famer. It's a new reality in voting for Cooperstown. I think nobody wanted to be outed. And, mm, you know, there and, it is. And have it turn out like, okay, I didn't vote for him. And then have the whole Twitter universe, you know, <laughs> <Peridium>. <laughs> Twitter can be <laughs> brutal sometimes, Bob. We know that. <laughs> One of the old realities, however, is the steroid guy still didn't get in. Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds did not crack the 60% mark. You need 75% of the ballot to get in. Pete Rose, obviously still not in the Hall of Fame either. He joined 95-7 the game in San Francisco to discuss whether Barry Bonds, a brother-in-arms, being blackballed from the Hall of Fame, deserves to be in Cooperstown. Pete, I appreciate the honesty. Let me ask you this. We're in the Bay Area, and I'm excited to have you on. We're excited to have you on. Is Barry Lamar Bonds a Hall of Famer in your opinion? Well, if Barry Bonds is not a Hall of Famer, you shouldn't have a Hall of Fame. <laughs> and I'll tell you another guy put right on that list with Barry Bonds. Roger Clemens. Guy won seven Cy Youngs. Barry won umpteen MVPs. I don't know when to, uh, Barry took drugs, if he took drugs. I'm not here to uh, to judge Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is a friend of mine. Barry Bonds is a great player in Pittsburgh. I don't think he took steroids in Pittsburgh, and I don't think he took steroids the first several years in San Francisco, to be honest with you. I don't think Barry Bonds took steroids until Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire had that home run derby in 97. Right. And he said, well, I'll show you guys. So, you know, Barry, uh, in a clean way, probably hit 700 home runs or 680 home runs, and he was a gold glove outfielder and a good runner and a good hitter. So uh, Barry Bonds is one of the top five or six players in the history of baseball, I think. And I could be wrong. You know, I, I played against Barry. I saw him play. Uh, I played against his dad. saw him play. Barry was, a, was just a good baseball player with great, great statistics. And I'll tell you, another guy's got great statistics you'll disagree with. Alex Rodriguez. There's three guys in the history of baseball that have 2,000 RBIs and 2,000 runs or more scored. One of them's Hank Aaron, one of them's Babe Ruth, and the other one's Alex Rodriguez. Wow. Those are some stats. Plus, plus Alex has 697 home runs. You got to love it. Cheaters sticking together. Pete sticking up for Barry. Barry probably sticking up for Pete. I would love to see the anti-baseball Hall of Fame 
the anti-Cooperstown, where all of the guys banished to never being in the real Cooperstown get together and just come together for support, like an AA meeting for people that are not allowed in the hall. Barry was, a, was just a good baseball player with great, great statistics. I love also the idea that they're friends. What do you think Bonds and Rose talk about when they get together? How much everybody hates them? How Bonds specifically cheated? How Rose bet on his team? What do you think they talk about? The investigations? Also, did Pete Rose suggest that Barry Bonds had 680 clean home runs? You know, Barry, uh, in a clean way, probably hit 700 home runs or 680 home runs. I mean, a little quick math here. Barry Bonds finished his career with 762 home runs. If we suggest that 680 of them were clean, that means only 82 were tainted. Except, Pete, Barry Bonds hit 73 in a season where we knew he was taking steroids as he was doing it. (laughs) I think the math is slightly off, but then again, I don't go to Pete Rose for my mathematics and calculus. In the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs are dealing with fallout after losing the AFC Championship game, licking their wounds. And once again, the defense letting them down. And so they let down their defensive coordinator. Bob Sutton is no longer the D.C. They fire Sutton and now in the market for a new defensive coordinator. This is a defense that has been hacked to death the entire season. I mean, they lost a game where they scored 51 points to the Rams earlier in the season. They scored 40 against the Patriots in the regular season and lost that one as well. And then could not get off the field in overtime as the Patriots converted three third and tens. On Show and Vern on 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, there was an apt comparison. The Chiefs' defense and a stack of beautiful breakfast foods. We're Spags, right? His name has jumped forward. This is a 4-3 guy, right? This is a guy that runs a completely different system than, than Bob Sutton has or even the system that, as I've said, Rex Ryan does. He runs a 4-3. And I think a lot of people feel like, yes, now that Sutton's gone, we need to forcibly change the system because it is the system. It's the system. The best, one of the best analogies that I could think of is, you know, I like food. Yep. And pancakes and French toast has a lot of carbs and sugar, and I can't have it, but I like to dream about it, and I'm thinking about it right now. I hop and rye on the plaza. They both make French toast and pancakes. But if you go to the two places, you get a different experience with the French toast and pancakes. One of them, the experience is not as good. But if you eat at that place, doesn't mean, and that place ain't right. If you eat at that place, it don't mean that pancakes and French toast is an issue. It just means the way that they make it is an issue. You can have pancakes and French toast with like the powdered sugar over the top of it and maybe some syrup and a good amount of real butter, not like margarine, but real butter getting away. It could still be, it could be amazing. So it's not the pancakes or the French toast. It's who's making it. It's not the 3-4 defense. Hello, the Ravens. They run the 3-4 defense. The Bears, they run the 3-4 defense. They're the two best defenses in football. They run 3-4, just like the Chiefs. Their defense don't look like Bob Sutton's. So I think we have done a a tough job of just saying the system. 
it's really not just the system. It is how Bob runs the system. It is how Bob uh, implements the 3-4 defense and how he just continues to make decisions like just pressing and playing man uh, all the time, even though he doesn't have man guys or 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 how he blitzes or the amount of times he does blitz. So it's not just the the style of defense or the system is how he runs it. So to go along with that analogy. Really, because I just need a knife and fork right now and I can get after it. Bob Sutton would be the 28-year-old tattooed chef at IHOP, mm. and we are praying that the new defensive coordinator is the award-winning chef Colby from Rye on the Plaza. Yes. Right? Yeah, I mean, I just, I just sense. think, I don't think it's like, hey, man, I'm done, uh, I'm done with pancakes and French toast because this is what it tastes like. No. Some people make pancakes and French toast better. You got me hungry, though. Right? That uh, crushed that one. That was now that 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 we could put, we could put pork rinds and rotel in the rearview mirror after that one, right? You ever put peanut butter on French toast? Can't do it. I'm not a big peanut peanut Ooh, butter person. Man, not a peanut big peanut butter, butter person. syrup and a little bit of cinnamon. See, this is a metaphor I can get behind. The Chiefs' defense, if they're a stack of pancakes, they're a stack of soggy, stale, bland flapjacks with no syrup. Flaxseed sprinkled over top. Nobody wants to eat that as a treat. Nobody looks at that and drools. The Chiefs' defense was the problem this year. They ranked 31st in a 32-team league in total defense. Yuck. You can have pancakes and French toast with, like, the powdered sugar over the top of it and maybe some syrup and a good amount of real butter. Not, like, margarine, but real butter. In Washington, the more things change, the more they stay the same. After years in hiding, Washington front office villain Bruce Allen finally held a public press conference, finally answered questions from an assembled media, finally had to answer for all these awful Washington football years under his watch. Busted rosters, busted coaches, busted quarterbacking. It's good to see that the guys on 106.7 The Fan in D.C., the sports junkies, feel total optimism moving forward after this. So closing in on two years, you haven't heard from the team president, Bruce Allen, speak to the media. A lot of people were saying that they feel nauseated, uninspired. <laughs> like there's nobody who says, man, that really made me think we're going to go and win a bunch of football games next year. No. And I think that deep down, Bruce Allen probably knows that. But what is what is he going to say? He's not going to say anything negative about the team. And maybe, you know, he's when he's saying, you know, there are two games out of the playoff or one game out of the playoff, considering the injuries – you know, we've talked about this at nauseum. Yeah. If Alex Smith doesn't get hurt, who knows? They may have won the division. They may have gotten in as a wild card. But no one truly believes anything that comes out of Bruce Allen. Valdez, I'm sure you have this clip. Do you have the one where he addressed somebody yeah. asked him what what makes you basically qualified to still have your position after all these years of mediocre to poor records since you've been Dan Snyder's right hand man? Is that is that on the list? I don't know if we have that specific <laughs> one. It. Grab your list cakes. I don't know. I have so many papers. Well, you open papers. your notebook. Look, Rick. All these papers. It's literally the first page in your notebook. I mean, I'm overwhelmed. You know what, what we should play, though? How about play cl- uh, cut to because he says he understands the fans' frustration. But we want to hear from you. How does that make you feel as a fan? Do you feel apathy? That's what Cakes believes. And a lot of people said they feel nothing. Do you feel angry? Because just hearing Bruce Allen and knowing he has that job, you want him fired. 
and instead he got promoted this offseason. Is that how you feel? Here's the quote. Here's the money quote. Why am I the right person? I share their passion for this franchise. That's the worst answer I've ever heard. Well, that's kind of what he talks <laughs> he shares about here. The pa- you know who else shares the passion for the franchise? Uh, Drunk Mike. <laughs> he's he's not qualified to be the GM or, or president of the team. Might, he might be more might qualified be. than Bruce Allen. Here, okay. Let's hear that response. Here's Bruce talking about the fans' frustration. It's heart-wrenching to everyone. Uh, the passion of our fans is fantastic. They want us to win. Uh, we hear from them. They, I know. Uh, I know exactly what they want. They want to win football games. It's a very thinly veiled. Kirk Cousins couldn't win the last few games guys, in the last few seasons. Nothing's going to change. I don't think anything's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Why would I think? I mean, anything we hammer Bruce Allen every single year right. during the season and in the off season. But Jason, there's Nothing. a hashtag now. Fire right. Bruce Allen. <laughs> Nothing's going to change. No. Snyder's not going to fire him. Bruce Allen's not going to resign. Nothing's going to change in the organization. They're going to suck next year. Who knows what they're going to do at quarterback? They're going to botch the draft. Nothing will change. Ah, yes. I think we all know that feeling. Beaten down into the ground with no hope ever for our football team. That's the worst answer I've ever heard. That's kind of what he talks about here. You know who else shares the passion for the franchise? Uh, Drunk Mike. (sighs) It's a good time to be alive in Washington, huh? Good time to be alive. Football fan. In the Capital District, that right there feels like hell on earth. Nothing's going to change in the organization. They're going to suck next year. Who knows what they're going to do at quarterback? They're going to botch the draft. Nothing will change. And we wrap up with what might be the eventual future of the New England Patriots. Of course, right now they're in their ninth Super Bowl in 18 seasons under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Dan Shaughnessy has covered Boston sports for a long time for the Globe. He joined 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland with Ken Carmen and Anthony Lima. And if the present right now is Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, in a stable organization, does the future have a totally different set of eyes and minds and power brokers? Let's listen in. Do you believe Tom Brady is, does he win games because he's Tom Brady and it, it does affect the other team? Yeah, and I mean the coaching here is the, the disparity of coaching is greater than the disparity of, of talent and and the disparity of, of Brady and all of the quarterbacks. The coach versus all of the coaches, and I know he was in your town. I know it wasn't great. I've never seen anything like this. Take a look at the first halves of those games with the Chargers and the Chiefs. Just how much better prepared they were, uh, and it's just and that's why I never I, I never doubt them. And you know we still got the Butler thing, and you know why is Gronk on the field at the end of the Miami game and all that stuff. Things happen, but. But their game planning, he, he's hes the best there's ever been. I, I can't believe there's anything close. All right, Dan Shaughnessy with us here. Did the Browns miss out on Josh McDaniels? You know what? I don't blame you. Not, not what he did. He screwed the Colts. And, uh, and you know, I think there's some relationship there. And that that was a bad optic. So I'm going to say no. He failed. Yeah, but did they miss out on him as a good coach? Forget about no. optics. We know Belichick no, did the exact I, I, same thing know, McDaniels he did. He failed in Denver. Uh, there's, no, there's no indication that any of this translates. It is not. I mean, so you would have like made the, the case against hiring time. Bill Belichick, essentially. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, Belichick left the team at the altar, uh, highly publicized, and also did not succeed in Cleveland. Okay, yeah. Yeah, if you roll it back 18, 19 years, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't like, they have to do this, absolutely not. No, but what if, in all honesty, we have fun all the time about Josh McDaniels. He's somebody you from Northeast Ohio. You to explain your feelings. Yeah, about- he's from Northeast Ohio. <laughs> I think he's one of the great offensive minds of football, but a lot of people have problems you know, being able to disassociate Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Josh McDaniels. 
What is he treated like there? What do people think of him as an offensive coordinator? Oh, I think they think he's a mastermind, you know, and I think he and the media gets along well with him when they do have availability, and he has a good relationship with them. I think it's it's pretty it's pretty joyous and chummy. I mean, you tell me why didn't he take that job and why didn't he get more you know conversations this year? I mean, I I think he's clearly got a deal here to succeed Bill Belichick, and why would you leave that? So I I don't know. Would Patriots fans be happy if Belichick moves on? Let's just say after this year, even though yes. nobody really believes that's happening, would they be okay with not even really conducting a search yes. and then hiring Josh McDaniels? Yes. I really? That. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I find the Josh McDaniels thing interesting because, like so many coordinators with New England, it's tough to separate what does Belichick do, what do these other coaches do. That now there's a lot of talk about Patricia, about Vrabel, about, what is it, Flores, or however you pronounce his name. It, the list goes on about all these assistants. Is there any? Well, you can re- go back, you know, Mangini, Weiss, Cornell. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can go back. Do you think there's any reason why so many of those guys have failed? I think that it's it's more Bill and Ernie than it is any of them. Uh, final one for me: Does Baker Mayfield got the stuff to be the guy to stop Tom Brady finally? I hope so. That's a good one. Let's 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 run with that for the next year or two. See how it goes. I love it. All right, there you have it. The 2023 New England Patriots. Jonathan Kraft owning the team. Josh McDaniels coaching the team. Tua Tungavailoa, your quarterback, and probably still going to the AFC Championship game every year. I'm looking into the crystal ball. Yep, Dolphins still stink. Jets still stink. And the Bills still stink. So you should win the division just about every year, no matter who is there. Although I will say, if there's any hope on the horizon, it's that those would be the three new faces. Get all the other guys out, and the rest of the NFL will take their chances. That's the best of your sports talk for Wednesday, January the 23rd. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 